You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Well, welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show, recording live here in the Diamantina Shire. You're joined by myself, Clancy Overall, and of course, Errol Parker, editor at large. How are you, Errol? Good, mate. Good to see that uh, it's raining outside for a change. You know, the farmers will love it. The farmers think will I love it. Just, just a little bit more rain to finish off the crops before they harvest them in the summertime, so... You well, know. as Slim Dusty says, just the a couple more weeks. are always in flood reach, so hopefully not too much rain, but that is life on the land. Australians are rapidly decentralising by the minute right across this country as a result of this historical event known as the 2020-2021 pandemic of COVID-19. A lot of people have kind of become a bit more familiar with their home, you know, a lot more people spent time at home. Uh, a lot more people actually spend a lot more time with their family, uh, which has been great. Net positive, you, you have to say. But, you know, when it comes to this this world we're in, once upon a time, everyone kind of relied on magazines and, and I guess radio serials once upon a time and TV yeah. shows to kind of explain life at home, you know, parenthood and, of course, you know, just suburban life or life life in town. Um, and, and things have changed a lot, particularly during the pandemic. We have a lot more avenues. We have a lot more mediums. And one phenomena that has emerged over the last couple of years is that of people that look like you and live a life similar to yours telling your story or, or telling a story that's similar to yours and one that you're invested in. And, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of words it for is. this. Personalities. It's, it's a story as old as the Bible, it is. Yep. Life, really? Life? Life itself. Life, the trials and tribulations. Back to the cave paintings of, 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 you know, northern Europe in, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. Yeah. And for someone to garner a following in this day and age with so much on the internet, they're obviously speaking truth. And especially a consistent one, one that lasts. And today's guest is definitely that. We have... Uh, Mummy blogger is a word, it's contentious, but we are going to use it, and because it interests us as well, we want to know more about this world and all variations of this kind of, I guess, personality and this actual venture that a lot of people have gone on. Mummy blogger is one word. I would also say number one podcaster in Australia. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Amy Gerard. Thank you for having me. Now- we want to talk to you. You've got a new podcast out called Beyond the Likes, yes, uh, which is pretty self-explanatory. But it, it also would speak to a lot of people who aren't really across your world, because you know there's a lot of people that might not know you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who do. Yes, there's a lot of people who might not know you, and would actually be interested in that story as well about you know people who are kind of followed, and what life is like beyond the likes. But can you tell us just now, you know, here today, before we even get into the podcast that has gone number one on Apple, <laughs> how did you find yourself in this position where you had so many people around the world invested in your day-to-day life, uh, which, which in many cases looks a lot like theirs? Yeah, I absolutely have no idea. Yep. To be honest, I just started out like any other Joe Blow when I had my firstborn. I guess I just started sharing, you know, the cute photos, the cute baby photos. Um, and I think the only point of difference that I made was that I kind of told it a little bit more like how it is. I yep. think when you enter motherhood, there's this unspoken agreement where you don't 
talk about the hard nights and you don't talk about the fact that your nipples get chewed up and Mm -hmm. they look like they've been in a blender. You just have to be very blessed because here you are, you've got this beautiful baby. And and I was absolutely blessed and I loved being a mum, but it was so much harder than I had anticipated it being. Mm -hmm. So... I shared all of the highs and I also shared all of the lows. And I think I was just a little bit more honest with my approach. Mm-hmm. And I guess people really resonated with that. Yep. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff that's really existed in that space historically has been, you know, basically put through the washing machine with a bit of kind of nappy sand on top. Yeah. And a soft lens. Yeah, very, yes. you yeah. know. Sepia like, lens, yeah. yeah. Do you think that a part of, of why it's resonated with so many people is b- because it's so much rawer than anything else really that's coming? Yeah, and I think I, I, I would have loved to have, I mean, Instagram, what, six years ago wasn't as big as what it is now, but I would have loved to have been following along a mum who – kind of gave me a better insight into parenthood and what it was all about because I kind of went in with like rose-coloured glasses and I love children but I'd never obviously taken one home and had it forever so I went into it thinking it was going to be this beautiful thing and again I don't want to shoot parenthood because it's absolutely amazing but it's so hard like sometimes you don't sleep for six months and sleep deprivation is an absolute like form of torture Mm -hmm. but then you can have babies who don't breastfeed properly or you don't have a milk supply and then there's oh there's just a whole abundance of stuff and I think every single mum is going through the same thing but there was this unspoken agreement that you like it wasn't cool to talk about it as much so the more I started voicing my opinion on things Mm -hmm. the more others kind of followed along because they didn't want to feel as alone. There's and a lot of here, here. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, fuck, I'm going through the same thing. Like yeah. my nipples are disintegrated off yeah. my body and I haven't slept since, you know, January 2016 and stuff like that. So it was just a more raw approach. So, so you you would say um, before you started, you know, with this kind of honest portrayal of, 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 of that life, as you said, it's, you know, it's something that you know it's special and it's and it is everything you wanted it to be but it also is a lot tougher than you thought would you say you were actually kind of you'd only ever seen the milestone parenthood yes. online or yeah you know, and you're too young to remember your folks going through through that kind of stuff yeah to, i don't to remember I, how tough it was i don't remember and also my mum is like mother Teresa, so yeah. she's a different kettle of fish mm. but i don't remember us ever being hard workers kids i mean yeah. i'm sure we were yeah. but i also instagram and like facebook and stuff it wasn't like it was around but it wasn't as prominent yeah. as what it is now so yeah. i didn't have anything you just have like the movies the hollywood movies where you see the lady screaming in labor and then they've got this adorable bundle of joy that they take home and mm. yeah so you see husband, the, husband smoking a cigar in the hallway yeah, 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 yeah. exactly yeah. right yeah and everyone lives happily ever after yeah, yeah. were people invested in your kind of story and and your storytelling Prior to all of this, did they follow you on the journey of, uh, you know, meeting the father? And or- the f- I wouldn't say that I had a big following back then. I no. was just, I had, I don't know, like 500 people. Just yeah. my friends were yeah. following me back then. It was probably more when I had Charlie mm. and kind of told it like it is. But I think the biggest thing and the reason why people, they would send my stuff to other friends was because majority of the stuff that I would post, I'd always make sure that I inject a little bit of humour into it. Yeah, yeah. Because having a sense of humour with children is imperative. Yeah. <laughs> imperative, otherwise yeah. you'll go crazy. Yeah, well, yeah, and that was another thing we were going to say. You're not just all honest, raw details. Oh, no, of, I'm no, not yeah. just yeah. shit-canning parenthood <laughs> yeah. at the whole time. No, 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 no. Like, 
there's high spirits and, the, and 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 there's a good sense of humor. You're a character. I'm is, a character. Yeah, is what I guess a lot of a lot of your followers would kind of cotton on to quite early in the piece of yeah. of following you. But it's not just one, not just one, <laughs> not one kid. No, oh no, there's a few of them too. There's a few kids. I did um, I did all three in under four years. Yep, which was. I mean, it was a lot of work. Rapid yeah. fire nowadays, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely rapid fire. I, and I think my mum did all three. I I was the eldest, and then I had two brothers as well. And she did all of us in three years. Yeah. So she was even more cracked than I was. <laughs> but I was like, oh, if she can do it. Well, then I can do it. Mm. But yeah, not advisable. Yeah, I think the kids would like you for it, though. You know, in years to come, really. I think you know when kids are too far apart, and they yeah. You know, Oh, it's not really the same. And they are growing up. Like, I feel like I've done a lot of the sleepless nights and the hard parts. It was all kind of just blended in. Mm-hmm. There was just three years, which was just quite a big blur. Yeah. And now, you know, they all play together. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. fight a lot as well, but they all play together and they can entertain each other and they're like this little gang. Well, at what ages are we talking? Are they at the ages now where you can say, look after your little brother, look after your little sister? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, okay. Charlie is – she's fantastic. She's my mother's helper. Yep. She is five and a half and then Bobby just turned four and then Kobe is two-something. Can I, I just want to go back to that blur because every – you know, yeah. you, talk, you talk to your sisters, your aunties, your mothers, you hear this, this story. You, day to day, yep. you're on task. Yes. Do you remember kind of the milestones that came in between all that? I mean, apart from the other child being born? Are you talking about like when they first walked and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember a lot of Charlie. Yeah. I remember nothing of Bobby yep. because I had Charlie and I just had her one-on-one yeah. for 21 months. So okay. she's firstborn child, gets all of the attention, all of the love, everything. Mm-hmm. And then Bobby was born and he kind of had to – you know, share me with Charlie for a year. And then I was pregnant and I had a horrendous pregnancy. So I kind of tapped out basically Mm -hmm. parenting him. Charlie had to step up and then Kobe was born. So I remember a lot of Charlie. Bobby was just a blur because he was my spirited child. I just did a podcast on him. And I think I will soak up Kobe as much as I can because he's my last. And he gets away with everything because (laughs) he's my last. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At what point do you remember thinking, We've got a lot going on. I've made a huge mistake. (laughs) Um, When Kobe started being mobile. Okay. So when I, when all three, three, yeah, when my last one could walk, I was truly fucked because they would all just run in different directions and I'm outnumbered. Yeah. So two was very manageable. I could go to the shops, I could go to the parks, I could pretty much do anything on my own. Three was. Fine until he could walk. Yeah, yeah, when Kobe was strapped to me, fine. When he was yeah. sitting in a tr- pram, fine. Now that he can walk, it's it's terrifying. Yeah. I think that a lot of uh, young mothers out here are probably wondering, how much of the mental load does uh, your husband carry? Because, you know, you've oh. been talking about passing a lot of the parenting on to Charlie. But, yeah. Uh, mm. Probably not much on to Ryan with the unconventional spelling. And well, uh, the... <laughs> And also, Rian. Rian. Also, you just mentioned you were outnumbered. I was like, well, (laughs) only, only just. (laughs) It's lucky I've come in on a day where I actually like him because, so I won't shoot can him today. He works quite a high, stressful job Monday to Friday. So when it wasn't COVID, he would leave at like six forty-five most mornings, and then he doesn't get home till seven thirty. So a lot of the 
mental and physical load yeah. was on me. On the weekend, he's very fantastic. He's a very hands-on dad. He's not great with newborns. Because he's almost uh, he's almost got a little bit of ADD. I yep. think himself he hates like he doesn't like to sit still. He doesn't like to chill out. He wants to mm. be he wants to be out riding bikes and yeah, just yeah. doing dumb shit. So with <laughs> newborns you can't do a lot of that. Yeah. And that's that was my thing. I love newborns. Um, maybe because I don't know I'm a bit lazy. But so come the weekends he really steps up and he'll take the older two out. I mean now that Kobe can walk and stuff he'll take all three out to yep. the park and give me a break or he encourages me to go out and have girls' lunches and yep. fill my cup up and stuff like that. So he's great on the weekends, but, yeah, he's basically MIA during the week, which is why it feels so much harder than, mm-hmm. yeah. like, if I had a tradie husband that got home at 3.34 yeah, yeah. and could help me with bedtime, that would be so amazing because yep. that's, like, the shit kicker hours. For sure. Yeah. The, the witching hours. The witching hours <laughs> where they've all just self-combusted. They're yeah. all overtired. Well, maybe you could try and convince Rian to go through like a tool change. Yeah. Know, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I've tried. Try to pack it in. You have a sort of teaching. Uh, <laughs> have, have you thought about carpentry? <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, he, he can't even change a light bulb. He's not that guy. Okay. Yep. So you're carrying a fair bit of the mental load. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, and yep. all of the, the light bulb changing. The light, I do a lot of light bulb changing as well. He gives it a red hot crack though. So one thing I kind of want to talk about is before you, you know, you went on this kind of adventure of telling the story to everyone, what were you doing beforehand? Did you have a career that would that would have prepared you for storytelling? Oh God, no. no. I before I when I was pregnant, I was working as a paralegal. Okay. So that's quite left field. Yeah. Before that I did work in advertising. So I okay. was always in advertising. I worked in TV production as a producer for a while. Never storytelling. I used to, I've always loved writing though. When I used to live overseas, I used to write my mum and dad letters that they still keep because they thought they were hilarious. I just would recap certain things, Mm -hmm. bit tongue in cheek, using a lot of humour, making it more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always enjoyed writing and I think that's what I guess helped me with the gram. And what, what, what kind of following are we talking now? Because this is going to inform my next question. Mm. You're in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, 105,000. So a lot of uh, young mothers will tell you, even anyone on the street in the shopping centre will walk up to you and give you unsolicited advice on how to raise your child. Yep. How does that feel with uh, potentially 100,000 people? Do you get that? Do you get people sending you little hot tips about, hey, hey um, you should do this? Yeah. <laughs> I... Definitely did at the very beginning yeah. when I had one child, yeah. but I feel like I'm a little bit of a seasoned pro now. Yeah. So if anything, I might be the person that gives hot tips yeah. only to girlfriends and only when asked. Yeah. I will never be that person that gives unsolicited advice. I just I don't like those like people. The person on the airplane just just hand it to me. Let yeah, me- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me settle her. Oh no, you're burping her wrong. No, no, no. yeah. I will never be that person. Yeah. We all hate that person. To make their ears pop, just hold them upside down. <laughs> yeah. A light shake. <laughs> yeah. But no, I don't. I actually, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that slide into my DMs, mm-hmm. but I I don't see yeah, them. Yeah, you can't, you can't, can't read them get all. on top of them, no. Yeah, no, we have that too. We yeah. Anyone listening that has sent through <laughs> potential uh, uh, hot scoops for us to cover on Batuta yeah. Radio, yeah. I'm sorry we didn't get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably very offensive and we ignored it or yeah. we just didn't see it. <laughs> now... I want to talk about this historical event we mentioned at the start of the uh, interview. How did things change for you? I mean, 
obviously a lot of people around Australia right now are just coming out of an interesting time in their lives, an interesting time in yeah. their kids' lives. Not um, up here in Queensland, though. Yeah, not, not in Queensland. No, no. Life's, <laughs> life's always been the same up there. Um, yeah. One, you were homeschooling, one of yeah. them. Well, yeah. With others around as yeah. well. It was truly the worst four months of my life. Okay. The COVID before in 2020, yeah. Yeah. I remember that sucking, mm-hmm. but I also remember being like, oh, no. I mean, we've kind of found our groove and our rhythm yeah. a few weeks in. Working with my husband every single day, like having him home, that was the hardest part in 2020 yeah. because we had three kids and yeah. our house, when we built it, we knocked down all of the walls. So it's a completely open plan house, which means there's nowhere that he can work where the kids won't find yeah. him. And because he tends to be the fun parent because yeah. he only sees him on the weekend. So he's so much fun. His sleeve and his trousers <laughs> are being tugged. To, yes. Yeah. Or they're like streaking behind him nude. Yeah. Yeah, at that stage. Zoom calls, yeah. Yeah. My middle child refused to wear clothes basically the entire COVID 2020. But it was okay. Whereas 2021, Charlie had started school and she was in kindergarten and I'd heard that homeschooling was horrific. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, how hard could it be? It's so much worse than what, again, I anticipated because there's this unspoken about pressure to make sure she stays on top of her work yep. and kindy's such a, you know, it's a foundation upon which her education will grow up from and you can't let them slip. But what kid listens to their mum when it comes to schooling? No, no one. No, you need um, a third party. <laughs> you absolutely need a third party. And so I would try and sit down with her at the start of every day and she's quite a bright kid and she would pull out every single trick like in her little bag of tricks in order to get out of doing homeschooling, there would be tears. She would wet herself sometimes. Just she, she's been potty trained. She has been like she's been wearing yeah. undies for three years now. She does not wet herself, <laughs> but she would do anything and everything. But what happened? The minute I would take, I would try and spend time with her, and the other two bin chickens would be out trashing my house. Yeah. Kobe's the worst at the moment as a two-year-old. They are huge liabilities. Discovering how to make noise. Oh, just and not just with their mouth, just with pans and pots and, and glassware oh, and yeah. crockery. Bobby would open the front door, and like I'd find Kobe halfway up the street. He likes to also remove his nappy, so he's usually nude from the waist down. Yeah, it was a, a legitimate nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I take my eyes off Charlie, and then she would hide her laptop, um, so her iPad, and yeah. then we couldn't find it for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's what they would send all their schoolwork home on, their iPads, or they'd send out links and they had to do all their schoolwork yeah. on iPads. So it was basically a nightmare. I'm pretty sure she's gone backwards yeah. having me as a teacher. Yeah. She's definitely dumber. So her and hundreds of thousands yeah. of other kids around yeah. Australia do not worry so, about that. <laughs> so kids are coming back to school now in New South Wales, have they, yeah. right? So how's she coping with the transition back to school? Oh, she wanted to go back to school. She was dying to get back to school mm-hmm. by the end of it. She and I, and it was, it, to put a damper on the story, it actually got to a point where it was quite, like, really upsetting because I'm so close with her and she's like my little wing woman and I just wanted to be her mum yep. and her friend and I didn't want to be this teacher that would always try and get her to do her schoolwork and she didn't really like me and I didn't really like her and I just I ended up saying to her teacher, listen, we're we're clocking off early. We're having yeah. at least a four-week four yeah. holiday. Yeah. So, yeah, she bound it. She skipped straight into school. Yeah. Like she was like, don't even walk me to the gate. I've got this. <laughs> See you later. The very unfortunate thing about 
the pandemic on top of everything that it brought with us was the fact that you actually couldn't really interact too much with your extended family. Mm. So any slack that may I'm, I'm not sure have you got have you got family around in New South Wales that, yes. that could usually outside of a historical incredibly infectious outbreak of a respiratory illness that <laughs> tends to affect people your parents' age. Yes. Would you be able to kind Normally of- Normally lean on them? Yeah, do, a, do an offload here and there. Absolutely. Like my parents are 10 minutes from my house. Yeah, okay. Brothers, two sets of brothers and wives, are all, we're all 10 minutes from each other. Yeah. So normally I've got babysitters at the ready mm-hmm. yeah. and they were just out of out of reach. <sighs> It hurt. <laughs> it just sounds like that's just the icing on top of it. It's like you can't do anything. Yeah. So please leave your family alone, your yeah, extended exactly. family. Mm-hmm. The idea of this pandemic in itself is a good metaphor for you know everything you've kind of gone through and you've shown everyone is like the pandemic basically from our level to the politicians, it felt like we were building the plane as we were flying it. Yes. Do you find that it's been similar in you know young parenthood with you as well? Like there's not many – you can't – you have to do 100 hours in a car to become a, you know, yep. a qualified driver. They don't really have those kind of checks and balances, not that, you know, anyone feels they they need them, but it definitely does feel like something you land on day 1 and you learn how to drive this thing. With parenthood? Yeah. Yeah, listen, I I'm a big believer that your first child it's all trial and error. Yep. Like so you're going to do so much wrong. Mm-hmm. And it, I think I reckon I can only say having had my third that I can confidently say that I know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and I can recognize a different cry to a distressed one and just a whinge and I know if they've got croup or if they've got some sort of illness I know how to stay calm and first one you're just all over the place like you don't get a manual when you go home with a baby Mm -hmm. which was the biggest spin out for me because I was like oh well like what do I do with this thing so it's all definitely trial and error Bobby he got a bit more of a confident version of me Kobe yeah, he's chilled. He's yep. because I know I'm chilled. I know yep. what I'm doing now. I'm very relaxed. He basically raises himself. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Were you one of those um, young girls when you were a kid? Kind of watch the sound of music and think, yes, I'd like seven of them. Yes, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite movie. Yeah. Um, sick in the head to think that I would have seven children now. Just <laughs> honestly, I did always want like four or five though. Yeah, my nan had six, yeah, and right. I, I remember when I'd had my second, she said, oh, you should stop here. Yeah. And I said, oh, that's that's weird. You had six children. Yeah. She goes, yeah, but take it from me. Like <laughs> two is great. You'll have a really fantastic life. It's really easy. One kid each parent. I think because I was one of three, I was like, bare minimum, I'm always going to do three. Yeah. But three definitely tipped me over the edge. Yeah. Like I think now day and age, my mum did three, but she stayed home for like nine years yeah. and there was no social commitments. They didn't yeah. have mobile phones. They yeah. didn't, she didn't do anything. They just had the, they just had the landline in the hallway. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah. I think she went to play group once a week and yeah. that was it. Yeah. And she'll say, I climbed the walls. Yeah. It was very boring, but it was easy. Yeah. The only time she met other adults was at chicken pox party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas nowadays people want to have the children, but they also, they want to work and work they want to maintain balance. a career and mm. they want to have social life and it's hard yeah yeah now let's talk about how this has kind of become you know a life that you were kind of documenting and sharing to now where it's become uh you know as we said before you're a podcaster and you're talking about this life to those same people who are tuning in yep how does it feel to now kind of and i I know you definitely don't view yourself as this but now you are kind of viewed as a a voice 
Oh, almost an authority. How does that feel? Does it? I mean, you don't want that to be the case, but you know, a lot of people would say, "What would Amy do?" Yeah. Um, look, I have hardcore imposter syndrome. Yeah. I think that's wild. And like I said, I would never give unsolicited advice just off the cuff, mm-hmm. but I will absolutely go above and beyond and help somebody and I'll share my experiences and I'll give my opinion. It's not always right, mm-hmm. but I'm happy to always share what I've done. It's still quite wild to think that people listen to what I have to say. I don't know whether it's the rawness that I've always delivered things with or maybe the kind of the sense of humour or the I tend to have a more positively skewed view on life. Mm-hmm. Kids, you know, they're hectic and they're hard work, but I'll still find the humour in each situation and be able to have a laugh about it. I don't know if that, did that even answer your question. Yeah, no, I, 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 I know what you're saying. It's like you've just got to do what you're doing. What I want to ask is what, I mean, this is probably one of the tricky questions we're going to ask today is what are the taboos? You know what I mean? You're raw, you're honest, you give the the details. What have you found you won't go near again? I mean, obviously, in this day and age, there's certain conversations around medical uh, science that probably aren't worth putting out there to a audience as large as yours. Yeah. Oh, listen, I try to not touch on things like politics, yeah. religion, yeah. certain things like that. Mm. But otherwise, in terms of anything that's related to my own life, I'm a pretty open book. You'll wear the backlash too. Yeah, yeah. I'm a pretty open book. I'm, I'll talk about anything from, you know, birthing a child with a 38-centimetre head, Woo. what that did to my pelvic floor, mm-hmm. the journey to recover that. Yep. Uh, we went to Vagina CrossFit. I'll talk about, um, you know, marriage trials and tribulations, yep. what marriage looks like after you've got three kids. Yep. Yeah, I share most things and I... I think a lot of people can relate to a lot of things that I say. Is Ryan aware of how many people are following his uh, his young family? He is aware, yeah. yeah. He's aware. He's actually pretty low-key and pretty relaxed about things. I tend to run a lot of things past him first. Yeah. So we did a podcast and it was all about what your sex life looks like after three children and he was the first person that I got to listen to it yeah. and at the end of the, I will always respect him if he was like get that fucking thing off the airways <laughs> I would absolutely do it but he was like no no sweet well can you see uh, a future in podcasting or do you think um, there will be a time where you know you put the wig back on and go back uh, to law oh god I'm never going back to law never going back to law I I really am enjoying podcasting so far I mean it took me a while to kind of find my groove Mm -hmm. but it's nice because I think with Instagram you know there's little squares and I think you can write 22,000 characters but it's a little bit more of a personal deep dive into my personality and I can share more on certain topics and stuff topics that I only kind of skim the surface of on the gram yep so that's been cool. Yeah, you you uh so obviously big big hit out number 1, number 1 across <laughs> Australia. We'll say it again. Beyond the likes. What are you looking at here? Have you have you got a have you got a different topic each week or yeah. you, or is there going to be a little bit of uh just a catch up? Listen, there's going to be little bits of catch-ups at the beginning of each episode, but there's going to be different topics all week. So I think the next next one we're going to chat about is different styles of parenting. Because yep. you know that show that's on TV at the moment, Parental Guidance? I yep. don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. It's, in flashes of it's that. pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Like, just watch it. There's so many different types yeah. of parenting styles. I did a skit on it on my Instagram and IGTV where I'm just yeah. taking the piss. But I think that will be a really interesting topic. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover things like 
you know, periods. I'm going to get Ryan on as a guest. Yep. I want people to send through questions and stuff. They can ask him. Nothing is off limits. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it'll just be I want it to be kind of current as well. So yeah. if something's happening in the world, I want to have a chat about that and just go with the flow, really. Well, just as we wrap up, what, what kind of other styles of parenting are there out there? I mean, the yeah. one the one you've kind of we've spoken about today sounds very much like the all on deck, you know. But at I mean, the same time, you do, it doesn't sound like helicopter parenting either. It's, no, it's yeah. Very, well, uh, helicopter parenting is one. Yeah, right. So you've got helicopter. So just I was watching this show, and they, you've got strict. Yeah. Um, they're very like authoritative. Yeah. Like there's you are an authoritative. Mm person and they anyway there's strict there is attachment style parenting there is what was the other one there's helicopter um oh so these are more archetypes as i I was thinking we were talking like no steiner parenting or like (laughs) edutainment or (laughs) oh no just from this show yeah yeah yeah. 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 otherwise you've got like the gentle parents the cool parents the cool parents (laughs) yeah Yeah. i feel like everybody sets out to be a gentle parent like i sure as shit don't wake up and I'm like, I'm going to lose my shit today. I always set out with the right intentions, Mm -hmm. but... You know, there's certain kids that will just push and push and push. Which one's your that? That's, the, with That's the, my middle one. Your middle yeah. one, yeah. And he's the most lovable, but he just knows. Like, you'll be like, stop doing that, Bobby. Stop doing that, Bobby. And you'll ask him a hundred times, and he'll just keep doing it. He'll look at you as he does it? Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. He'll, uh, yeah, and he'll look at you as he does it. Maintain and he'll just keep eye doing contact. It. What? Oh, you want me to stop doing this? This part here? Yeah. Oh, stop? No. <laughs> so then, you, yeah, you blow your sack and whatever. <laughs> I'm not a perfect parent, but, you know, I wake up every Every day and I give it my all. And a lot of people are joining you on this journey. Yes. Be that um, on Instagram or or now on podcasting. And I'm hopefully to all you lot out there listening to the Batuta Advocate Radio Show, this might be something worth checking out. Whether you're in the midst of all this or or preparing to venture into this world, Um, yeah, or like eighty percent of our our listeners they listen to the show exclusively on tractors yep so <laughs> yeah it's something for them to learn too so thank you for joining us today Amy. Thank it was you. um it was it was an interesting and actually quite insightful into particularly that the last two years where yeah. we think uh a lot of people have taken for granted what has been happening in a lot of households around australia yep. um and as you just described it it sounds like Fresh hell. Uh. (laughs) Literally fresh hell. It's a good time. Loads of love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's to opening back up and and Merry Christmas when that finally comes around. Yeah, same to you too. 